The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Listen, there's songs around you that dance in the air like a melody. Messages of Hi, everybody. I'm evidential medium Suzanne Giesman, and welcome to Messages of Hope, where the goal of this program is to get together for an hour and enjoy talking about the spirit world, talking about our role as human beings temporarily, but fully, fully souls. And that is exactly the topic today, our show today is entitled The Soul Knows. Now, a few years back, that title wouldn't have meant much to me. Back when I was a Navy officer, I didn't think a whole lot about the soul. I didn't have any real belief in the greater reality. But today, I can say with all assurance, I can tell all of you that you are souls first and foremost. And this human reality that we're experiencing now is is like Author and writer Joel Goldsmith once called a parenthesis in eternity. It's a blink of an eye once we return to our true home, but very, very important for us while we're here. We're here to to learn certain lessons that take us back to being the loving lights that we are. When I wrote the title for this program, The Soul Knows, it came as I remembered certain Experiences I've had with spirits on the other side who have shown me that the soul is very real, that this human side of us, this dense physical matter that we call a body, are just the tip of the iceberg of who we really are. We are light beings, so much greater and vaster than our human awareness can even tap into. We can tap into bits of it and pieces of it as we sit in the silence with the intention of coming to know who we truly are, but to wrap our heads around what the soul really is, that's a challenge. But the beauty is, the more you sit in the silence with that intention, with the question, who am I, in that spacious awareness that you create with that intention, you come to know the side of you that knows far more than the human. So, I want to start today by sharing with you an example 
of what happened when I tapped into a soul. And then I have several guests lined up that are I'm so excited to share with you their stories in their voices. Uh, some of them, if you've read my book, Wolf's Message, you'll recognize Mike and Beth Pasakarnas as Wolf's uh, father and stepmother, and then two other new friends who I met through doing readings. So I hope you'll stick around for the full hour because we have some jaw-dropping evidence to share with you. So let me first share with you I hear my dogs barking in the background. I'll tell with, tell you later why that's happening. Something kind of exciting going on in our life right now. But for now, back on topic. As a medium, my goal is to show all of you that when your loved ones pass to the other side, they are not gone forever. They're still very much with us. And for me, a former Navy commander, what has convinced me of that fact is the evidence that comes through when I connect with those who have passed. Things that I couldn't possibly know that only the loved ones here would know. The spirits share that with me. The loved ones say, well, how did you know that? And I say, because I can sense your loved one with me right now. Well, there came a time a few years ago when a woman from a church in the Midwest, a unity church as a matter of fact, contacted me and told me that Those in her church had a friend, a member of the church, who had been in a coma for the past three weeks, and they were very concerned about their friend and thought they might consult me, a medium, to find out what their friend's wishes were. The friend in a coma. Now, you can understand how I thought about that at the moment, thinking, well, they surely must be trying to find out Should they pull the plug? What kind of medical treatment should they do for her? This is really serious stuff here. This isn't uh, something trivial about, you know, what do I do with my cat while I'm gone? This is uh, life and death type of things. And I wasn't quite willing at that time to tap into this woman's soul and find those answers because... My doubts got in the way. What if I'm wrong? I don't want to give such a... uh, uh, an important answer. But then I realized, what is it that helps me to know that this work is real? It's the evidence. And I suddenly got a little excited and I thought, well, if I can tap into this woman's soul, a woman who's in a coma, and simply ask her to give me evidence, and then I get her friends to validate the evidence, then we would be able to trust what she tells me. So I decided to go ahead and connect with the woman's soul, ask her some questions about herself, and then ask what her desires are. I would first get these validated by the friend who emailed me before I gave her the bottom line, the answer to her question. So a little bit of self-science, as it were. So I went into the study where, where I normally do my readings, and I got into an expanded state of awareness, and I realized, well, gosh, I don't know anything about this woman. I don't know her name. I don't. I have a general geographic area of where she is, but I realized that the soul knows exactly the topic of today's episode. So I simply said it this way. I would like to connect with the soul of the woman in a coma who is the friend of, and let's call her Mary Smith, the woman who emailed me. Please step into my awareness now. And I waited a moment, and I felt this shift within my energy field exactly like I feel when I tune into spirits in a reading. A little bit of lightheadedness, and immediately began to sense personality. And so I started writing down. I sense a woman who's very open, very loving, very generous with her time. She's very well educated. And now the woman, her soul began to show me facts about her. She showed me that she had an advanced degree in a counseling field. I asked her mentally, no, no spoken words were necessary. What caused your coma? And she said it was a clot not trauma. And right away I'm thinking, ooh, this is good because this is the kind of thing that Mary Smith can validate. And I said, well, tell me some more about you. And she said, well, the people from the church are standing around my hospital bed each day in a circle, and one of them sings to me every day. She also told me there's red hair near me 
in the hospital bed. Oh, she went on to say several other things. I wrote them all down, and I said, now, tell me, if your friends can validate that this is truly you by the evidence that you've given me, what are your wishes? And this was kind of like the moment of truth, right? And she said to me something that really stunned me, and I hope that all of you listening will really take this to heart, what she said. They can pull the plug if they want to. If it's my time, I'll go. If it's not, I'll stay. For me, that was kind of like a duh moment, to put it lightly, because we often go to such heroic measures trying to save someone when ultimately the soul knows when it's its time. There is a force and a source greater than the soul that ultimately directs all that is. And I couldn't help but see the brilliance in that response that was nothing that I had ever thought of before. So I wrote up the evidence, sent it to the friend, and she wrote back and validated, I would say, 85% of what the woman told me, her her coma was caused by a clot in her brain, not by trauma. She had a PhD in counseling. All of the church chaplains were standing around her bed in a circle every day, and one gentleman in particular was singing to her. It went on and on validating those things. So I sent her then the list, or I'm sorry, what she told me to do about pulling the plug if they wanted to. And as I was writing that email with that message, she gave me a couple other pieces of evidence, including flashing before my eyes a pair of toe socks. Some of you may remember those colorful striped socks that fit over your toes. They were popular several decades ago. And some other message that turned out to be very significant for the senior chap. Uh, pastor at that Unity Church. But what cracked me up was the toe socks were a gift to the woman in the coma from one of those prayer chaplains. In fact, the one prayer chaplain who said, don't consult a medium about her, mediums don't know what they're talking about. And so can you see the brilliance of this woman's soul? Here she is in a coma communicating with a medium and saying, tell them about those toe socks. And the one man who said, don't consult the medium, gave her those toe socks for a gift at Christmas that year. It was kind of like a little dig at him, like, yeah, mediums are real. So I passed the message along, and uh, they were grateful. But really, the, the main message here is about one week later, I was sitting in my study in my daily morning meditation, and I felt that woman draw near, the same woman in a coma. How did I recognize her? Because... Her very personality came through from connecting with her soul at a soul level, which is where we all connect as spirits. And she said to me, completely unbidden, it's beautiful here. Tell everyone not to be sad for me. I'm just fine. I typed up that email, that message in an email, sent it along to the woman and to the senior pastor at that Unity Church And he wrote back to me immediately and said, she passed last night at midnight. So how do you like that? Her soul knew how to get a message through to her dear friends still here on the earth plane. And she did so by simply connecting with me at a soul to soul level. So when I say that the soul knows, that message to me was a perfect example that The soul is fine, whether we're in a coma. How about some of you who are dealing with loved ones with dementia, Alzheimer's, or perhaps some other challenge? I've had clients who had schizophrenia, and they were nonverbal. I can tell you right now, from examples such as this, that the soul is perfectly fine, no matter what is being displayed through the physical body that may have uh, poor wiring that doesn't allow that person to operate in what we would call normal, but the soul is fine. So now I want to bring in two guests, Mike and Beth Pascarnas. Mike is the father of a young man named Wolf. He is Mike Pascarnas Jr. Beth is his stepdad. I want to ask Jeff to bring Mike and Beth in as I chat. They've been standing by on hold for a few minutes. 
I met Mike and Beth at a conference at the Edgar Casey's Association for Research and Enlightenment in Virginia and knew nothing of their story at the time. Little did I know that we would come to be good friends and we would end up with a book all about the younger Mike Pasacarnas. Mike and Beth, are you with me? I'm not hearing anything. Are you guys there? I can hear a shift in the sound, so it sounds like they're trying to come in. Jeff, are you bringing Mike and Beth in? Okay, I just got I just got my lip twitch. That's my guide saying, "Be patient, because it's going to get this together." <laughs> All right, we're waiting to talk to Mike and Beth. Wolf's message is to me one of the most stunning stories about how the soul knows things that we don't know. I'm going to give a little intro while he's getting them online here and tell you that when my stepdaughter Susan passed, she came to me in a dream two days before she passed. Such a very clear dream that made me question later, could her soul have possibly known that she was going to pass? And Susan, as I mentioned in our first episode, was struck and killed by lightning. And the interesting thing, is that uh, Mike's son, Wolf, was also struck by lightning. So I'm being told that the call dropped with Mike and Beth, but we're going to get them back here in just a second. I know they just moved to Georgia, so maybe their cell phone connection out there isn't the greatest. Let's give them just one more minute as I give a little bit of introduction again about Wolf's message. Mike came up to me at the ARE conference. He waited till the book signing line was down to the very end. And up comes this guy wearing this T-shirt with a great big wolf on it. And uh, I see that they're on the line now. Mike and Beth, can you hear me? Hi, Suzanne. It's Mike. Oh, I know that voice. Hi, Mike. How are you? Great. Good to be with you today. Okay, I don't know if you've heard what I've said already, but I gave a little intro about when you came to the ARE conference and you walked up to me. Do you remember that day? I do, and you saw the look on my face, and after we talked for a few minutes, you looked right me in the eyes and said, the soul knows. I'll never forget that. Yeah, because you had said to me, you had said, my son passed and he knew he was going to die and that's why i said the soul knows yeah unfortunately it took us uh, quite some time to put all the pieces together to realize the signs he put out before he passed and then some of the signs he left us happened after he passed also so why don't you share with people how it is that you knew that wolf knew his time on the earth plane was coming to an end. In fact, you had it, you held it in your hand when you came up to me in line. I remember that. Well, one of the things, my mother passed exactly 100 days before Wolf did. And during the funeral, Wolf approached Beth and I and said, please don't ever put me in a coffin. And we looked at ourselves and says, what 29-year-old tells their parents this? Another thing is, every time I went up to visit Wolf, his apartment, it was a total (laughs) uh, wreck, just like um, in the day after when we were allowed to get into the apartment. It was cleaned like I've never seen it before. Also, also when Harry (laughs) Bolo... We should all say hi to Bolo right now. (laughs) I guess someone's coming through on that. His apartment, every single inch of the walls and ceilings were covered with poems, poetry, and pictures. And every week when I would go to visit him, he would be in the process of moving it. One section this week, the next section next next week. And about a couple of weeks before he was struck by lightning, he told us, I'm done moving all the pictures. And hmm. Unfortunately, I never asked him why. Also, um, he had a lightning shirt with a strike of lightning across his chest, and he cut that strike of lightning and hung it over his poem that he wrote prior to that day. That one really gets me. I mean, if people 
look at the book Wolf's Message, we have the photo in there of him with that T-shirt on. Here's a, a young man who would one day be killed by lightning, and he's holding his arms out with this T-shirt with this giant lightning bolt on the front. And just as you said, Mike, you went back to the apartment after he had been killed, and the front of that T-shirt, he had cut it out and and tacked it to the wall. Correct, right above the poem that he penned prior to his passing. And, and tell us we about that poem. Okay, that poem, um, it goes like this. Spirit of great healer, awaken from within this heart. Peace and tranquility flow like water, for the time has come to allow the light of nature to free my soul. And we have just a way pause, to just pause a, a second there, Mike. Just pause a second while that sinks in for everybody that's listening. Here's a young man who was struck and killed by lightning and um, wrote a poem that said, The time has come to allow the light of nature to free my soul. Now, you were going to talk about the timing of that poem. Well, he was at the day it happened. He was with a group of friends at a local venue. They normally got together in the middle of their gathering. He just stood up and said, I have to go now. And he walked out the door, and on his way up to Burial Hill, um, he stopped in the store and left a hot stone for a dear friend of his. And he stopped in a store with a heart stone? You want, he used to give heart-shaped stones to people, correct? Yes, yep. He stopped and gave a stone to somebody in a gift shop. Is that right? Yes. Yep. And then he went out of his way, an indirect path, to go to where he was struck by lightning. He had to walk maybe a quarter of a mile where, where he normally didn't walk to go home to get to the site. And, you know, on that poem also had pictures. And because of the cause of his death being undetermined when the police found him, they wouldn't let us into the apartment until a day and a half later. And when we found the poem, we were just totally blown away because not only did it state the words I just repeated, but he drew the tree in the surrounding area where it happens. Mm. And, and also and also at the base of that tree he stuck in two red roses on long stems. And the day after it happened, Beth and I went up and we were searching for the tree and we did find his hat that he wore all the time along with some gloves from the medical team. And so we really didn't know what to do. We were walking around and we decided to just go into a florist shop. And I don't know how I got the idea, but we purchased two long stem ro red roses and stuck them in the base of the tree a day before we found that poem with the drawing on it. That just blows me away because you can see the photo in the uh, on the cover of the book, Wolf's Message, of that tree with your two roses. You gave me that picture, and we used it as the book's cover. But you told me that this is not some tradition that you had when people pass. And like you said, you, you don't know where that idea came from. But I have the very strong sense that it was Wolf's soul that put that thought in your head knowing you would see that poem later i believe so absolutely and you know that was the first of many other things that would come to us along this journey we've been on since we met you including the labyrinth at the are center that's right that there that's a, right that's right. We met there for the first time at the ARE, and there's a labyrinth there, like a big maze made out of bricks in in the uh, cement right outside the headquarters. And what's so special about that labyrinth? Why don't you tell everybody? 
Okay, it's very unusual in that it's two dolphins in the yin-yang position, one jumping over the other, and it's surrounded by stars. And my son drew that picture years before that labyrinth was even designed at the ARE <laughs> Center, and I believe you did the research on that. Yes, I did, because I couldn't believe it. When I saw the drawing that Wolf had made years before with with a yin-yang symbol with dolphins in the center of it, playing and jumping around each other exactly like the one at the ARE. His story just defies explanation when you try to explain things in our earthly terms. But from the soul level, there's no doubt in my mind that, that Wolf uh, wanted to leave in such a dramatic way or leave the message messages that would lead us the poem all of these clues that you've told us to let us know there's there's more going on here and we have to break now for about two minutes mike but don't go away because i just want to briefly talk about why wolf's message is so important to all of us okay so stick around and and uh hopefully we won't drop the line again and when we come back we'll just briefly talk about what his soul wanted all of us to know If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. What got you started on your spiritual path? Minister and radio host Paul John Roach says his path began when he heard George Harrison of the Beatles talking about Hindu philosophy and meditation. Paul John writes about it in the current edition of Unity Magazine. And don't miss the interview with Eben Alexander, the neurologist whose near-death experience led him to write Proof of Heaven. It's all in the September-October edition of Unity Magazine. Go to unity.org and click on Publications. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. Sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear the beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. The toll-free number is 1-800-NOW-PRAY. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Hi, everybody. Thank you for sticking around with us because we still have on the line Mike and Beth Pasacarnas. We've just shared with you some stunning evidence that their son, Wolf, knew that his time on the earthly plane was coming to an end and how it was going to end and what was happening in the aftermath. Mike... And Beth, both of you, I remember when you came to me, you didn't know what all of this meant. How has learning about the spirit world changed things for you? I don't know where to begin, but first of all, from a very basic level, trying to treat everybody with more love, more respect. Um, My father died at an early age, and now I knew there was more after this physical life. And... To find out after Wolf passed all the good deeds that he did, he became my teacher in what Mm. he did. He didn't brag about it. He didn't even tell me about some of the things he did. 
Beautiful. How about about for you, Beth? We haven't heard from you. Has your life changed as a result of of all of these circumstances? Absolutely. I was was your left brain skeptic. And uh, through all the evidence and through all Wolf has shown me, not just through you, but but directly to me, I, I have no doubt that he's around and that therefore everyone else that has passed from this life, is still around us. That's a perfect message, perfect message. And speaking of messages, the reason that the book is called Wolf's Message is because in the reading with both of you, there were quite a few things that just didn't make sense. And the story goes on to explain how uh, through acting like a spiritual detective and unraveling the evidence, we found out that the reason Wolf came back so clearly was to share with all of us a very important message about getting out of the head and into the heart. And I want to thank both of you for allowing me to share his story because so many people have commented that reading it has changed their lives. Is there anything else you want to share with us before we uh, move on to our next guest? No. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much for sharing Wolf's message and continue to do, do so because I hear a lot of positive and it does change people. And again, continue in your great work. Well, thank you both. We love you. And, and as you know, we're sure that Wolf is right here listening, giving us a big thumbs up. All right. Thank you. Well, we were chatting with our next guest, Tabitha Geary, during the break, and she was commenting that Wolf's Message is one of her favorite stories. Uh, Tabitha, if you're on the line, I'd like to bring you in now and and introduce you. I met Tabitha when she came to me for a reading, and you've also attended my mediumship class, I believe. Are you with us now? I am. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the reading and the incidents that came through about dreams? Because today we're talking about how the soul knows, and I believe there was some evidence in your reading that let us know that the loved yeah, one who's on the other side yeah, may have known some things beforehand. I had, I when I connected with you, which my husband had passed away, from suicide and clearly you were meant to come and talk to me and as you were giving me a reading one of the things that he brought up was a dream that I had had before he had passed and probably about 18 months before he had passed and it's like it was yesterday I had a dream that we were sitting in a car at a stoplight and somebody walked up and shot him in the head and he died in my arms and in that dream it was so vivid that I was shaking and crying it, it was probably more real than anything I could explain to somebody. And I remember waking up and seeing him next to me still, and I was so thankful. Just it, it was like losing somebody and then having him back. And it was the most wonderful feeling seeing him. And, you know, fast forward 18 months, he passed away um, from a gunshot wound to the head. And when you were giving the reading, he brought up in the reading that he was being told and led led by God that that dream, which I had never told him about, I'd never shared it with anybody because it was so kind of scary, it's not something that you would say to somebody, but that he said that, that the souls were communicating to each other that night and that it was his soul's way of letting me see something and being more prepared for what was coming so it wasn't as much of a surprise. So that was yeah. his, his lesson to me. Now, I know that some listeners will question this, and and I have to be honest, even I am not about to say that the soul always plans everything that happens. I don't have definitive a definitive answer about that personally. I just can't deny that connecting with your husband in that reading, he showed me how he passed, he showed me facts about your family and about himself that I couldn't have known, and when he brought up that dream and it was so meaningful to you, I couldn't deny that. But let's fast forward from there, because the really magical thing is what happened as a result of another dream that felt just as real. Why don't you share that with us? It did, and I will say there were steps in between there. So I had the reading with you, and he explained the dream, and I did know right away what dream he was talking about. I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to guess. It was that vivid. 
even to this day, it is still that vivid. And then he started, there was music that would come on that I knew about that reminded me of him. So songs would come on, and at your your class that you had, a lady's phone was ringing, and you probably don't remember this, but you had had everybody oh. put their phones away and in the back of the class, and all of a sudden a phone is, is playing um, Sexy and I Know It, which is, most people probably won't even know that song, but it was an older lady's phone, and she had no idea what was happening. She was trying to turn it off, and it would not turn off, and... I remember stopping in my tracks because that's a song that every time I would drop my kids off at school after my husband passed away, I would play it and sing to them really loud because that's something he would have done to make them laugh, to make them happy before they went <laughs> to school. And so I was hearing that song, and I knew immediately it was him, and it was his birthday that day. So, I remember that. Like, I remember yeah. being, you know, as the teacher, like, who didn't turn off their cell phone? And it turns out to be the song from your husband with a message for you. And it was so clear, but it was a lot of things like that that I, if you let yourself just be in the moment, you, you realize the things that are happening. And so he was able to do a lot of those things for me through the year after the reading, maybe. And then... This past year in March, I had a dream, and when I was dreaming, my husband was standing straight in front of me, and he wasn't talking out loud, but I knew immediately that he was telling me that something had happened to our son, and I knew which son, and once again, it was that vivid, shake me to my core, I was sick to my stomach, and I woke up, and I have since remarried, and I told my husband immediately that morning, I had this dream, this is what it feels like, I'm nervous, but I don't know what it means. And so I kind of just let it go. Like, I really, it scared me, but I, I kind of blew it off. And then the following week, exactly the same night, I woke up, and I had had a dream again. And in the dream, I was walking down the street, and there was an explosion, and I looked over, and a body was being thrown. And I remember running in the dream and getting to it and flipping the body over, and it was my son again. And I can now, tell you the had, yellow it, dirty head on, it, the jeans, everything. This had a different feel than normal dreams, right? I, can't, I mean, really, it, it's like it's happening. It's not a dream where you can kind of remember details or it's, it's a little vaguer when you wake up. It goes away a little bit after you think about it. This dream really, just like that first dream, I can still remember every part of it. It was, mm -hmm. it, it stopped me you know, in my tracks and has never gone away. There's no part of it that's gone away. It's like a bad, you know, when something bad happens and you never forget that moment. Now, but I want to tell dream, our listeners, if I could interrupt you, I have to tell our listeners, this course. has a really good ending, so don't dismay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a it's really not, good has, ending. Okay, so well, please tell them what happened. He, that dream stopped me. I knew I had to check on him. He was away at college. It was his first year of college. And so I did call him that afternoon and just say, hey, how are you doing? And I didn't want to terrify him because he's at college having fun. So to me, it could have meant anything. Maybe he was in trouble. Maybe he was getting bad grades. Maybe he was nervous about something. I wasn't immediately thinking he was going to die. I was just thinking maybe something's going on and my husband wants me to, to talk to him and help him. And my son said, no, everything's great. I'm doing wonderful, except my heart keeps racing sometimes. But I've been looking it up and Googling, which everybody does, and I think I might be having panic attacks, but I don't feel anxious about anything. And I said, well, just tell me a little more about it. And he just, and so he walked me through a couple scenarios, and I said, you know what, I need you to come home. I want to take you to the doctor. And I never, ever took the kids to the doctors growing up. We have five kids, and Really, you know, I was the kind of mom, go lay back down, rest, you know, get some sleep, yep. take a shower, all those things before we would run to a doctor. And I just okay. felt like I needed to take him to the doctor. So we went to the doctor. He came home from school. We went to the doctor, and we told the pediatrician what was happening. And the pediatrician said, no, you know, these are absolutely panic attacks. Do cognitive behavioral therapy. And I looked at him. I said, no, I'm not comfortable with that. I want an EKG. And he said, well, I'm sorry. You know, I don't think that that's needed. And so we went in the parking lot and we Googled on the phone where we could go get an EKG. And we took now you're to you are a mom on a mission at this point. <laughs> I was, and I don't even know why. And I couldn't explain to you right now what what makes you act in each one of those moments. It's just that you do. And and with well, you him, had the dreams. Found, I did, but I I didn't know what the dream meant. I just knew that I had to do something. And, and I, I can tell you right now, Tabitha, 
Let me tell you that it's it's at a soul level you knew this because right. I yeah so so you take him to right. get an EKG and and we were at you know just a little urgent care facility and they have him hooked up and the nurse was talking to me and all of a sudden she stops talking and it was really as easy as an EKG you know two or three minutes in and she said hold on a second and she went and got a doctor and I kind of thought then something might be going on. And when the doctor came back in, they had an envelope for me, and he looked at me and he said, you know, who's your son's cardiologist? And I said, um, he doesn't have a cardiologist. We've never needed a cardiologist. And he said, well, I've called. You know, you need to get over to, and there's a hospital in town that's an urgent, you know, cardiac facility. And they said, we've already called ahead. You need to take him there right now. Mm. And he had been born with a heart defect that you can – instantly see on an EKG immediately. There's a distinct pattern to it, and they saw it right away. And so I took him to the cardiac uh, specialist, and it's actually a specialist within the cardiac unit that you have to go to, and they scheduled him for heart surgery because he had a defect that when your heart starts to get exhausted and tired, it, it is malfunctioning, it's misfiring, and basically, you just drop dead at between, they said, typically 18 to 20 years old. Your heart just gives out. And your son was how old? He was 19. There you go. So this is just a stunning example of of alerted by a dream, but, but a dream with a different quality. So I want all the listeners to be sure to understand that not all of our dreams are prophetic. When we have bad dreams so many times, that's just our our subconscious mind sorting out things for our conscious mind. But there is a quality that's so different for dream visits from loved ones who have passed and from a soul connection. And that's what you experienced, Tabitha. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, it was. We were very, very fortunate to have that happen. And even the doctors kept saying, you know, why did you bring him here? Why? Because most people would never have had, they typically don't have it tested. That's why people will pass away from it. And yeah. I, I couldn't say. My dead husband told me <laughs> because I didn't know how to answer that. But really in my head, and that's what I told my son when I left, I'm like, you know, my grace of God is knowing that, you know, your dad as hard as it might be, he's there helping with your lives as much as I'm here helping with your lives. So it's that combination of parenting from beyond and here that is keeping everybody safe. And and and, and remember, so. for those of you listening, this is a man who took his own life, and and the fact that he is his soul is is fine, continuing to learn and and grow and make amends for for lost opportunities here from the other side. And how's your son doing these days? He's doing fantastic. All the kids are doing great. And I think because their dad was able to do that, they all have that comfort of of what you taught me, what, what he taught me is, you know, now his kids all understand that that's happening. So it does, it brings about a great peace and and connection that otherwise people miss. So we are very grateful. The fact that he committed suicide and how painful that is and nobody really wants to talk about it, it's wonderful to know that he is happy and and great and with us and, and will always be part of part of our lives. So it was Thank you so Everything much for sharing. Thank you. When you shared that story with me when it happened, I thought this is something that people need to hear about. So I'm just thrilled you're able to come on the show, and I look forward to connecting with you again. Well, thank you, guys, and have a great show, and I'm, I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. It made a huge right. difference in our lives, so we appreciate it. All righty. Thank you, okay, Tabitha. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, guys, this is Suzanne Giesman, the Messages of Hope show, and we just have a uh, just under 10 minutes to go. I believe that's enough time to bring in another woman who I connected with in a, re- in a reading. Her name is Cheryl Page, standing by to talk to us about another example of how the soul is very much aware of what's going on in the human world, even if our physical body appears to not be conscious. Cheryl, are you there? I am here. Hooray! <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Uh, take us back to when you had the reading with me. You had hoped to hear from your partner, Scott, on the other side, but we heard from somebody else instead, didn't we? 
Yes, we did. Um, I don't know how you want me to tell this, how you want me to tell the story, or if you want to give any preamble. Well, I I did do a video about this on YouTube, but I just thought it'd be much more fun to hear about it from you. Were you a little surprised when I started talking about a Jim, a guy named Jim who had cancer and was had passed in hospice, and he gave me the name of his son, Gary, and his grandson, Gary, and told me other things? If you were surprised, tell me why. Well, the amazing thing is that I was expecting to hear from Scott, and what you said actually was, first you said, I don't get names, and then you said, and I'm sensing a man named James or Jim, and he's got cancer, and he's in hospice, and someone's worried about how thirsty he is. You said it all in one breath. <laughs> and I thought, well, that, I said, that makes sense, but that sounds, that's my Uncle Jim, and he's not passed yet. And that surprised you, and... I had said that, no, as of that morning, he hadn't passed, and you asked me to write down the time and see if I could confirm whether he had indeed passed, and the truth is he didn't pass until two days later, so it was a great surprise because um, he was, well, I mean, this is the part that you can say far better than me, but the fact that this man that I love so much, and he had seemed like when I'd seen him the weekend before to me and his wife and my cousin Gary and my second cousin Gary and the whole family, that he was suffering a great deal. And yet his message when he came through was like in life. He was funny and he was joking with you and he was telling stories and, you know, tell my family that I'm okay. And that was a great comfort after the fact. And and you're reminding me of how that felt in that reading. What stunned me was, and it shouldn't stun me really, but I've come to know that the soul is the soul and it just doesn't matter what shape the body is in, whether the body is still connected with the soul or not. Your Uncle Jim, when I connected with his soul, felt to me exactly like those who have passed to the other side because I wasn't connecting with Jim the body. I was connecting with the soul of Jim and the information that goes along with the Jim story, as I often put it, was coming through from the soul level. Well, and the phenomenal thing, Suzanne, is that, you know, when when you started the reading that day, you explained a bit about evidential mediumship, which was a new term for me, and that you said you were going to give me evidence that I could verify, but you were also, your aim was to give me evidence that I could not verify, that I would have to ask someone else. And that, my Uncle Jim uh, came through, and he was, he was known for his, stunningly funny stories. That was what everyone knew him for. So it was evidential to me that he was sharing a funny story with you, that in and of itself. But it turned out that I didn't know the funny story he was telling you about a rattlesnake. And it was only the day after he passed when in the reading he had given or someone had given a name, Paul, and then I hadn't connected the dots. But my Uncle Paul, when I called him um, and asked if he knew a story about a rattlesnake and Jim and my Uncle Paul said, I'm the last person alive who knows that story, and it's a ridiculously funny story, and, you know, you did that <laughs> video about it. but Yeah, that stunned me. Uh, again, I, I did say to you, I'm not, I don't normally get accurate names, but we got Scott's name, Jim name is, Jim's name, his two, his son and his grandson, and then that name Paul, the one person who could validate this story about a rattlesnake. He clearly showed me a rattlesnake that told me there's a funny story about it, and it, to me, shows the brilliance of the soul. I mean, think about it. The soul had better be smarter than us humans. And to tell a story that only one person would know and to be able to get his name through to me, that was done with the sole purpose, no pun intended, of letting us know this was Jim and not just me reading your energy field because, as a skeptic might think, that you had been thinking a lot about your Uncle Jim. So any skeptic might say, well, she just picked up all of that from your thoughts. But you didn't know about the rattlesnake story. And even Jim's wife, no one in Jim's family knew that story. I confirmed that with my aunt and my cousins. No one knew the story. So it was only my Uncle Paul the story. Yeah, and again, as you said earlier, the, the bottom line, what makes that story so important is it validates Jim's 
whole reason for butting in on your reading, and that was to say, I may look like my body is suffering, but I'm just fine. In fact, he was cracking jokes and showing me his sense of humor during the reading. Wow. Exactly. And he he was not ready to be pushing up daisies, which is something he would have he would have said. But it was also that that's the gift of the work that you do and other evidential mediums do is that you give us the gift of our family members back and that day you gave me my Uncle Jim and you gave me Scott and you gave me hope and that's I guess the bottom line is the, the title of your show is Messages of Hope and that's you know you've done that and now I can do that too and that's a blessing. Yeah. And and that's at, at the risk of embarrassing Cheryl I want everybody to know that she has totally embraced the reality of the greater reality of the spirit world in in her hopes to connect with her beloved partner Scott she has begun meditating daily and Cheryl you just want to explain a little how your life has changed as a result of this daily practice of of sitting quietly and meditating oh my goodness <laughs> oh my goodness Susan. I tell you what I I, I think I maybe mentioned to you, but yesterday was seven months to the day since Scott passed, and when he passed, I was, I'm not a fatalistic person, but I just wanted to be where he was, and I didn't see any way out of that dark, sad, grief-stricken place, and, you know, after my reading with you and, and coming to understand how, if I was going to, you said to me, if you want to connect with him, I asked you how, you said, then meditation is key, and the HemiSync downloads that you've, you know, that you've created with the HemiSync company have changed my life and changed my heart because I've, I don't know how, but I've figured it out and I can find, I can connect with Scott and I know that probably sounds fantastical, but I know when he's near and I've, you've told me that day, you said, ask him for signs. He wants to show you signs and you just need to learn how to recognize them and listen for them and so through your book, through Wolf's message, I just want to say thank you so much to uh, Wolf's parents. I was so glad that they were on, and I was just, I'm so grateful because their book and Messages of Hope and all of these tools, really, it's not about you, Suzanne. You're the messenger. You're the FedEx delivery guy for all this right. information. <laughs> and it's changed my life in such a, it's just such a blessing. Oh, I'm it's funny, the dogs were barking earlier because the FedEx delivery guy delivered the brand new, <laughs> the brand new Hemisync CD. Oh, my, my, I'm holding it in my hand for the first time now because Ty snuck it, my husband snuck it in the door to hand it to me. To, um, but truly, Cheryl, you're like my, my walking billboard for what happens when you set an intention and you do the work. And the work is yeah. saying, I'm going to take the time and I'm going to be disciplined enough to sit quietly every day and quiet my monkey mind and connect with my loved ones. This is how I discovered my abilities as a medium. I didn't know this was part of my life until Susan passed, but I was so determined to connect with her that I began meditating every day and it has transformed my life. And so Cheryl's doing that now. And I'm telling you, we have a medium in the making with this woman because she is getting incredible evidence from the other side, like I've never seen before. So I know that some people it's a calling and when it opens up, it opens up big time. For others, if your goal is just to connect with your own loved ones, you can do that. But but it takes the practice of creating space in your awareness. Imagine your loved ones on the other side, knocking on your door of your consciousness saying, Mom, Dad, my, my spouse, my child, I'm here for you. I'm talking to you, I'm trying to get through from you to you, but I need you to be quiet for just a little bit each day and more and more you'll come to know that I'm really here. So Cheryl, thank you so much for joining us. We could talk for hours, but uh, today, just thank a you. few minutes. Thank you so much. And I know that Scott has a lot more in store for you from the other side. All right. I wish we had had time to bring in other callers this week. Uh, Boy, an hour goes by quickly. 
I'll try to leave time next week, but I just couldn't wait to share those three stories with you. I hope that some of you felt the goosebumps from hearing this evidence that the soul is truly the greater aspect of who you are. Coming to know that, to discover your true nature, is why you're here. So don't waste another day without sitting quietly and asking those important questions such as, who am I? As you come to know that, life becomes truly magical. Many blessings to all of you. I just surround you with love and thank you for joining me. I'll see you again next week. Look at those closest to you. Your family, your friends, your co-workers. The people you spend the most time with can tell you much about yourself. How? One way is that quite often what we see in others is, in some way, a reflection of something within ourselves. What we most admire in another may be a quality we possess but have not yet recognized. It's also true that what we dislike most in another may also reflect some trait within ourselves that we aren't aware of. Whether our response to them is positive or negative, other people can serve as mirrors to teach us about ourselves. Look with new eyes at the people around you. Chances are, all of the behaviors and attitudes you see in them contribute to the way you show up in the world. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it. And according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Look at those closest to you, your family, your friends, your co-workers. The people you spend the most time with can tell you much about yourself. How? One way is that quite often what we see in others is, in some way, a reflection of something within ourselves. What we most admire in another may be a quality we possess but have not yet recognized. It's also true that what we dislike most in another may also reflect some trait within ourselves that we aren't aware of. Whether our response to them is positive or negative, other people can serve as mirrors to teach us about ourselves. Look with new eyes at the people around you. Chances are, all of the behaviors and attitudes you see in them contribute to the way you show up in the world. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Do you 
experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Reverend Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it. And according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 